0: Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Lots of green on the screen today in the markets. Um, some say especially when you look at it from a cattle perspective it was kind of a nice bullish type of Wednesday. We'll look at what's happening not only in this cattle market. Obviously weather has been a big component but that weather is also a factor when we look at the wheat market. Globally we're going to get an update on what's happening in China, South America with their weather and how planting progress is going. And you may have seen the news by now. The Ukraine president is set to visit the United States, lots to look at today as Arlen Suderman joins us with StoneX. So, we'll kick it all off. Uh, Let's talk about China. You've got some updated information because you guys have with StoneX boots on the ground within China.
1: Yeah, we really do. And uh, our uh, my employee in Shanghai works at our Shanghai office has been keeping me updated each day of what's happening. And, And COVID has been spreading through Shanghai, but at at a slower pace than it's been going through some other cities like Beijing and some other large cities and, and frankly it's been moving through much faster than what was anticipated, and so you can translate from that we'll probably be in a position to reach herd immunity for China much quicker than previously thought and The positive about that is that at some that means that quicker than what we first thought. China could really be seeing a rebound in their economy, and that's good for the global economy, but that's also good for demand for commodities. But between now and then, that's the rough patch you have got to go through. And uh, with COVID moving through the country, as fast as it is, it is being pretty hard on the country. Now, the official death count is pretty low, uh, very low, and in fact, it's so low, that even the locals are really starting to question the government. In fact, even the media there in China is reporting that uh, there's a big increase in demand for funeral homes and crematoriums and uh uh related to COVID and everything. So it does there is a belief that the death count is much higher than what uh would be uh, expected from uh what was being communicated, I should say. Now, overall China um the models are predicting maybe around 1.6 million people dying in a country of 1.4 billion that's still less than one-tenth of a percent that's still a lot of people in a very short amount of time but the real question is going to be when it gets into the rural areas of the country there's 500 million people uh with very poor health care and mostly elderly in those rural areas how will it go through them and affect them? If they're able to really survive this with no higher death count or death toll um, and uh, get their economy back going here by the second quarter of this year, then that could help the U.S. economy get going and demand for commodities as well. So that's what we're keeping our, our eyes on uh, right now. And uh, right, They generally expect that we're going to see most of the 1.4 billion people having been exposed to covid by the time we get to the last week of january
0: well didn't they want that whole herd mentality to happen now or was that just another china nugget talk as to what was happening with covid
1: yeah they want to see that herd immunity develop the question is what will be the price of getting there and so that's the unknown right now because no other country has totally kept their country basically free of the virus until all of a sudden releasing it. And they went from isolating, you know, shutting down large cities if one or two people tested positive even if it was uh, uh, asymptomatic to now in some cities where their authorities are telling people, if you only have mild symptoms, you need to go to work. Because they're trying to keep their economy going, keep the supply chains going. So all of that works towards spreading it extremely rapidly. Medicine in the store shelves is almost non-existent. It's hard to find. It's been hoarded. Um, and so people are going to hospitals to get treatment, uh, even if they have mild cases. And that's just overwhelming their healthcare system in the short run.
0: Let's take a look at uh, South America because we've been keeping an eye on their planting progress. I understand some continued delays are happening in Argentina.
1: Yeah, it really is. A little over half of the soybean crop planted there, and they would normally be about 20 percentage points more. So, uh, in the corn crop is delayed by about 15 percentage points as well and, and still not through the midway point. So, very dry um they are getting periodic showers i don't want to give the impression there's no rain they are getting periodic showers but they're having periods of extreme heat as well so that water doesn't last very long um the potential is there to see significant cuts in production maybe a third of the production or so or more Um, But it's too early to say that because they have such a long growing season. And if we were to transition rather rapidly out of La Nina, it'd be possible to bring the rains in time to save uh, much of the crop. So um, we are seeing those production estimates start to slowly come down. Haven't come down a lot, but the potential is certainly there for much more severe losses if this pattern continues to hold over the next month.
0: So how do you see that? working are either for or against our crop that we've got in the bin and, th- and at the elevators right now.
1: That, that's the bottom line, isn't it? And and for that, we got to look at Brazil, where they're having big crops. And so that's going to largely offset much of the production. Now, for for corn, that's a natural, you know, understandable big crop in Brazil trying to offset a smaller crop in Argentina. Both are competing for export business. For soybeans, they process most of their beans into meal and oil and export that world's largest exporter of meal and oil so that could increase demand for u.s meal and oil uh, also for brazilian meal and oil it's not a one-to-one relationship and we're certainly going to see a big crop in brazil more than offset it it's just some logistics issues will still provide some support
0: all right. Well, stick around, folks. When we come back, we're going to continue to take a look at what this weather means. Uh First of all, um, we're going to take a look at it from a winter wheat perspective. We'll also take a look at what's going on with Ukraine and their president set to visit the United States. More is coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Joe Gangwish with
1: Fontenelle Hybrids. Let's get another Fontenelle feature, this time with Lynn Junk. Lynn and his wife Michelle run junk seeds near Carroll, Nebraska. Lynn, you say being a dealer for Fontenelle has been enjoyable. How so? My uh, favorite part about it is getting to uh, help my customers, which most of them are family, friends, and neighbors, to make good decisions out in their field and to help them bring more dollars home. Let's talk about performance. How has Fontenelle performed on your own farm? The Fontenelle products on my farm have performed very well. The main thing I've been able to see is a consistency between the different hybrids and allowing me to have more flexibility on placement. It's nice to have numbers that are able to go in and out of difficult acres, but yet perform well on your better soils on the farm. It's just been very good, and quite frankly, it's increased my profit. That's Fontanelle dealer Lynn Junk. For more information, you can always contact Junk Seeds in the Carroll, Nebraska area or any local Fontenelle hybrids dealer.
0: Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield continuing our conversation this afternoon with Arlen Suderman with Stonex. So last night, uh, my phone started popping up text uh, alerts that said that the Ukraine president is set to come to the United States. Uh, when you look at that visit, how do you see that weighing on the agricultural side of everything?
1: Yeah, uh, President Zelensky of Ukraine uh, made it to the United States uh, today and met with President Biden. It was kind of a surprise to a lot of people. This is his first trip out of Ukraine since the war started last February. Uh, and obviously what he's most interested in is getting commitments from the United States and uh, in Congress and from the president for the war effort. Um, um, but he also wants help on being able to... Uh, supply as farmers with the fertilizer and seed that they need. Um One of the things right now that they're saying in Ukraine, that production will drop dramatically next year. It was down about 40% this year. It'll drop even more next year if they don't get seed, if they can't get their electricity back, their infrastructure, which Russia has bombed over the last couple of months. Uh, and if they can't get financing for their farmers, and the financing largely, that's why they want to keep their exports going and open. And they're really having problems with that right now because it's their trains require electricity to be able to move along the lines um, and make switches from track to track. Um, the tra- they need electricity for unloading the grain from the trains, loading it into the port facilities, loading it onto the ships, and they're even having trouble with Russia still slow walking the inspections of ships and now today we're also getting reports um that some of the insurers uh one of the big main insurers of ships has said we're no longer going to cover any war losses and that's going to dramatically increase the cost of of insuring and doing business with russia and with ukraine and so he wants assistance in all those areas to help solve those problems he's fighting for the survival of his country let's face it russia and ukraine together were the breadbasket of the world 29 percent of the world's wheat came from that area of the world through the black sea uh, russia had a bumper crop this year it offset some of the losses from ukraine but that's not going to happen every year we anticipate more normal production next year probably less than normal um, because there are too, because the sanctions are having trouble getting parts for tractors, etc. And so the, the breadbasket of the world is getting much smaller. It's going to take years to rebuild Ukraine, rebuild the infrastructure to get agricultural production back to where it was. Uh, and so that has a big impact on positive impact for demand for U.S. commodities, um, but also for globally tightens up supplies. And so all of that, I'm sure, is being discussed with uh, Zelensky in Washington, D.C.
0: Any pressure that you might see when it comes to to production into this growing next growing season?
1: Yeah, right now um, we're looking like we may see another thirty or forty percent reduction in winter wheat or winter crops being planted. That'd be more than wheat. Uh, that'd be some of the other winter crops as well, um, and and that's just in acreage planted that doesn't include the reduction in yields as well um, corn we anticipate will be even more cut by next spring um, because it's more of a high input crop so even though the ground war is in the only covers about 20 percent of the country the missiles and the impact that those are having cover the entire country right now and uh, so it is having a very adverse impact on Ukrainian production
0: Weather here in the states—it's—it's it's the kind of the elephant in the room uh, from a livestock perspective. For these cattle, we're going to really start to see the markets kind of pay attention.
1: Yeah, we did see a bump in the markets as we got into midweek, and um, you know we're going to see some very very bitter cold temperatures. This high pressure coming down out of Canada may reach actual record high levels. For the continuous United States here we're monitoring that closely and uh, so this is a very significant system it's going to be very rough on livestock it's going to be very rough on the producers out there caring for livestock um, it's going to take some weight gain off it's going to increase feed intake um, it's going to make transportation of grain and livestock very difficult now the good news is it's going to be very short in duration it's going to move in it's going to create a lot of havoc and it's going to move out very quickly and then we move back to almost an above normal temperature routine, uh, regime for this time of year. So it's good news. Wheat, uh, commodity weather group, estimates about a third of the hard red winter wheat crop will be vulnerable to winter kill damage to varying extents with this event. And about 15% of the soft red winter wheat crop, although some of the models today coming out midday, are suggesting that snowfall will be lighter in some other areas of the Midwest that it could be up to a third of the soft-red winter wheat crop vulnerable to damage as well.
0: All right. Well, thanks so much, Arlen, for joining us this week. Uh, best way for folks to get a hold of
1: you? At com or over on Twitter. My handle is Arlen, arlanff F F one zero one.
0: Of course, we wish everybody safety as this storm system moves through with these bitter cold temperatures. As you worry about your livestock, make sure you take some time to worry about yourself as well. And as a quick note, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.